Easton and his mother sat on the bed for a few silent moments. As he always did, the boy wondered what happened to Matilda. His mother looked at him. Her green eyes glistened in the dark room. Sometimes I like to imagine that Matilda never truly forgot. That maybe little things would remind her of the wondrous realm she once knew and protected. I like to think so too. That night, after reading the story, Eason's mother kissed him goodnight and tucked him into bed like always. He picked up the book and examined the cover as if for the first time. He wondered at the cover's familiar ring of stones and, at the bottom of it, Helga K. Franz's name was written in black ink. Outside, lightning continued to brighten the night sky and the thunder rumbled. Trees whipped about as the strong winds blew through them. The violence of the storm carried into Eason's dreams, and he found himself in a dark, endless void. In his dream, Eason walked through the cold unknown until he finally glimpsed another person in the distance. It was a young girl. He saw that she was trying to tell him something and started to run toward her to hear. She was reciting the words from the great Raven King in great urgency. By day I set and by the moon's light I enter! She desperately repeated over and over again. A giant cloud of darkness approached ominously behind her. Eason tried to warn her, but she was too busy trying to relay her message to him to heed his warning. In horror, he watched as darkness enveloped her. The boy ran faster. When he reached her, she was sitting placidly on the floor with her back toward him. He gently touched her on the shoulder. Are you okay? In a slow and unsettling way, she turned around, and with a wordless response answered him with a haunting gaze from lifeless green eyes. Gasping, Eason awoke with fright. Lightning continued to illuminate the sky and cast eerie shadows upon the walls of his bedroom. The house murmured with small creaks in the wood, and gentle tapping sounds in the wall. Eason pulled the covers up higher and closed his eyes until sleep overtook him. Upon waking, his thoughts returned to the story, and he decided to take the Great Raven King to school. When he did, the librarian informed him that there were no children's books written by Helga K. Franz that she could find. Upon further inspection of the book, she noticed that there were no publication credits either. She returned the book to him, and in disappointment, Eason left the library. When he returned home from school, he sat on the stump of a cut-down tree outside of his home, still holding on to the book. He knew that what he was going to do next was silly, but he thought, why not? Eason created a giant circle, following the instructions in the book. With slow hesitation, he closed his eyes and stepped into it. Opening his eyes, he saw that nothing had changed. With a sigh, he shook his head in defeat and walked back home. That night, the rain pattered against the windows, pouring endlessly. Rolling from side to side, Eason struggled to fall asleep. Strange tapping noises in the walls and scampering sounds on the old wooden floorboards kept him awake. He sat up and quickly turned on his bedside light. A sudden blossom of pain spread across his forehead, and then he found the marble that struck him laying beside him. Before he could register this thought, Eason noticed a small lump at the foot of his bed. Slowly turning, he saw something that resembled a creature from one of the illustrations in the Great Raven King. To his wonder, it began to speak. Hello, stupid human. I 
Um, Tiggle Dot. I am not sure how you know that, but yes, that is who I am. We want to know how you cast the stones without us instructing you. Are you a spy for the Dark Lord? A spy? Me? Oh, no, I just... It's a book my mother reads to me. It instructed me on how to make the circle. Hmm. This is very strange, but also good. As awful as you smell, and for how slow you are for not answering my knocks, you are a human child. So, come along. Oh, I can't go anywhere. It's really late at night, and my mother would definitely not be okay with it. The creature ignored him and kept walking. With a sigh, Eason grabbed his shoes and jacket and hurriedly followed Teagle Duck. The small creature was dressed like a nobleman, which the boy found comical, but he dared not laugh about it. It was clear that Teagle Duck took himself very seriously. He stopped at the door and impatiently tapped his foot, waiting for Eason to open the door for him. And when he did open it, Teagle Duck was off once again. Eason quietly closed the door behind him, hoping all the noise would not wake his mother. The smallest bit of moonlight miraculously defied the storm and barely filtered through the clouds. It illuminated the stone circle he made earlier in the day. Teagle Dutt ignored the bad weather and walked towards the circle of stones. Then he said, By day I set, and by the moon's light I enter. As he did this, Eason tried to explain to Teagle Dutt that it wouldn't work. But to his surprise, the creature stepped inside the stone circle and disappeared. Eason followed, but nothing happened. Maybe it was the moonlight that was missing when he tried earlier that day. Repeating everything Teagle Dutt did, he said the words. As he stepped through, he was immediately blinded by golden warm sunlight. The beautiful and melodic songs of birds singing struck his ears. Their songs were unlike any he had ever heard before. As his eyes adjusted, he deeply inhaled and took in the wonders that lay before him. Teagledut feigned patience as he waited for Eason. The boy looked around, and he was surrounded by a great and ancient forest. The stone circle was much larger now and enclosed a giant meadow. Fairies were caring for small flowers and enticing them to grow. A small fairy with flowers in her long and wavy hair played a strange game with a rat-like creature upon a stump. The game vaguely reminded Eason of chess. He noticed the opposing pieces for each side represented as the Shadow King and the Raven King. The air was busy with the dancing and the motion of the fairies. It was business as usual until, one by one, they realized a human child was in their midst. They stopped what they were doing. A few fairies rushed toward him. One flew alarmingly close to his eyes and pulled up his eyelid. Oh, this one here! It's got green eyes! Just like the last one! Eason gently shooed the fairy away. A gnome, puffing on a pipe, gave him a scrutinizing eye. It seems familiar like we've seen it before. I know humans all sort of look the same, but this one has a striking resemblance to the one before it, don't you think? Move along now! 
You're all acting like you've never seen a human before. Be gone with ya! We must get your stinky human to our gracious queen. She is just past the barrier. Barrier? After walking for a long time, Eason saw a golden web-like barrier. Tegeldet made a few delicate and quick gestures with his tiny hands. He signaled for Eason to continue with him. The boy shook his head in disbelief, but followed anyway. For Eason, stepping through the barrier was quite different than stepping through the fairy ring. It felt like taking a warm bath, but instead of cleansing the body, it refreshed the soul. Eason felt a sudden sense of peace and contentment. Before him was the great fairy court of the Unreal. In eternal celebration, the inhabitants danced in reverie. A group of tall elven musicians played the most delightful music he had ever heard. They were nestled deeply in the protected heart of a timeless forest. Within the forest, old cherry blossom trees were intermingled. Pink blossoms fell lazily from the trees onto the forest floor. In the center of the court was an ancient, gnarled, giant oak tree. He noticed there were two natural thrones that had grown along the oak tree's massive limbs. In one regally sat the Queen of the Unreal. The other was vacant. Sadness filled Eason when he saw this, and he felt like something vital had been taken away from this place. A strange feeling of loss overtook him. With sorrow, the Queen too observed the empty seat beside her. The Queen of the Unreal was one of the most beautiful beings he'd ever seen. She shimmered like dew in the morning light. Her golden eyes languidly gazed, lost in contemplation. Her full lips were a delicate auburn hue, her skin the color of fertile earth. Her arms were longer than a human's and thin. They reminded him of the branches on a tree, because her skin looked like it was made from the wood itself. A variety of flowers grew from her thick, curly, flame-like hair. Upon her head was a golden crown, made of the curled branches of a sakura, with lovely blossoms throughout. She turned her powerful gaze onto Eason, and a hope blossomed within her eyes. She made a graceful motion, and the music and dancing stopped. She observed him with great scrutiny. There is something very familiar about you. Tell me, how is it that you came to be here? We have been shut off from the human world for a long time. Teagledut bowed deeply and quickly kicked Eason's leg to follow suit. Ow! Eason awkwardly bowed and responded. My mother read me a story called The Great Raven King, and in the story, it described how to summon the portal. The queen's eyes lit up and momentarily cast away the sorrow that haunted them. Please, tell me more about this book. He explained the story and described the colorful illustrations and how the book was made by Helga K. Franz. This sent the fairy folk into a laughing frenzy. Eason looked around in confusion. What's so funny? It's a peculiar caricature that Matilda made up. She pretended to be Helga and would make us laugh to tears. Oh, how we miss Matilda. So it was her book that led you here. I wish we could have greeted you under better circumstances. We have been at war with the Shadow King, and I fear we are at the end of this battle. He has almost broken down the remaining barriers that protect us. Eason peered into the distance, and saw the dark and stormy clouds approaching. Is there anything I can do? 
The queen pondered this and put a hand on the empty throne next to her. The Shadow King tricked my husband, the great Raven King, and imprisoned him within the Darkscape. Based upon what you are telling me about this book, he must have found Matilda and erased her memory of us as well. I can't ask anything of you, dear human child. It is far too dangerous. But I want to help. Please, let me. You look so familiar. Your eyes. They remind me of something. No, of someone. Child, tell me about your mother. Eason described his mother as best he could. He spoke of her quirks, the food she ate, and the way she talked with her hands. He noticed the queen looked pained. I see. I'm not sure how to tell you this, but I believe that your mother is in fact Matilda. How is that even possible? They have different names. They must have completely wiped away her memories of who she used to be. But we have a saying. Aluahoga Pantagatabega. Through misty eyes, the queen smiled and wiped away a single crystalline tear. Yes, yes, that is it. So she never truly abandoned us. Your mother was such a brave warrior. She fought so many battles to keep us safe. Therefore, I cannot allow you into the Darkscape. Matilda has already sacrificed too much. No, we shall accept our fate. Eason sat on a giant toadstool and pondered. He thought about what his mother was like before the Shadow King erased her memory. He wondered if she had been half-living or if somehow held on to her adventures. She never stopped loving this world, and part of her still clung on to the memory of it. It was as if she had never given up. He had to do something. I've made a decision. I will go to the Darkscape and summon the Great Raven King myself. It's what my mother would do. She loves the Unreal. I love the Unreal. Let me be your warrior. I promise that I will not let you down. He bowed respectfully to the queen, and she smiled warmly at his gesture. The queen heavily pondered his proposal. She looked to her subjects, who all returned her gaze with renewed hopes. She nodded to Eason. I accept your offer. Please approach my throne so that I may ordain you as our new protector of the Unreal. Eason's mouth fell open momentarily, but he quickly corrected himself. With his head held high, he approached the throne and kneeled before her. The queen placed a totem of a black-crowned raven around his neck. You are now our new protector of the Unreal. I am gifting this to you upon your noble quest. It is the totem of my lost husband and our noble king. May it grant you all his bravery, honor, strength, and truth wherever you may go. I'll do my best. Until we meet again, brave warrior. At this, Teagledut sadly motioned for Eason to follow him. Teagledut held his head down most of the way. He led the boy to an oblong doorway that was bound with many intricate locks. It took a good while to remove them. Tigledut, why are you so sad? I am sad because I called you a stinky human, and you are so kind and brave. It's okay, Tigledut. It's alright. I'm ready to go. It's time. 
Teagledet looked into the void fearfully. You do not need to do this, son of Matilda. I can take you back home where you will be safe. No. This is something I have to make right. I don't know how, but I have to try. And with that, Eason walked through the portal. You're listening to Scintillating Stories, featuring The Great Raven King, written by Stephanie Alia, adapted for radio play by Ghislaine. Featuring the voices of Valerie Smith, Ghislaine, Stephen Farman, Daniel May, and Ryan of Intervision. Edited by producer Ryan. Produced by Intervision Entertainment and What Happens After 2 a.m. With music provided by freemusicarchive.org. And artwork for the Scintillating Stories logo, as well as illustrations for The Great Raven King by the amazingly talented Lindsay Payton. Special thanks to producer Kendra for encouraging our mission of sharing stories with the world. Catch more shenanigans from Intervision Entertainment on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube, and of course on our website, intervisionentertainment.com, where you can also buy tickets to catch Scintillating Stories Live in San Diego. Oh, and please find us on all the social media apps you use. We're here, and we're looking for you. Finally, help keep the vision alive and consider donating to Intervision Entertainment on Patreon.com. <laughs>